Just before the Men's World Cup kicked off last year, we had footy fanatic Roger Bennett on Today Explained. Noel asked him, who's going to win the tournament? He said Brazil was the favorite, but... I think the story going into the World Cup is that of Argentina. He called it about Argentina and Lionel Messi. That does not make me a genius. He is the single greatest footballer the world has ever seen. It was only a matter of time. But we called him back to tell him he was wrong about something else. He said America would finally become a fully realized soccer-loving nation in 2026, around the time of the next Men's World Cup. But with the arrival of Messi, it looks like that moment's already here. God, if, if that makes me wrong, I'm so delighted to be wrong, Sean. Uh, Lionel Messi, week in, week out, is, is creating transcendent alchemy uh, on, on fields in this nation from sea to shining sea. Things are getting messy in America, and soccer's starting to look a lot like football. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Halima Shaw passes to Hadi Mwanti. Hadi passes to Noel King. She cuts. Oh my, it's today Ramos Firam, we got Roger Bennett coming up in the second half, but we're going to kick things off with Tom Bogert from The Athletic. I asked him how Messi's been doing since joining Major League Soccer at Inter-Miami. It's going to sound dumb, and I promise I'm actually an expert on this stuff, but it's still somehow taking you by surprise. The greatest player of all time has been the greatest player of all time immediately. Like... A month ago, there were real questions about whether the team was going to be good enough around him. Miami, right now, sitting in, in last place, are they going to be playing in the playoffs? No. No? Not a chance. Not a chance. No. Really? Yeah, it's a learning. This Messi. will be the learning time. Yeah, it's learning time. Whether he was going to be from minute one ready to go or how long an integration period might take. And then his first game when everybody thought he might play five minutes, ten minutes off the bench because... He just took a month off after, you know, a, a year in which he won the World Cup and played a lot in France and played a lot for the national team. He had like three or four training sessions with Miami. They thought maybe he'd be good for 10 minutes. In front of over 22,000, in front of LeBron James, Serena Williams, Kim Kardashian. Nope, he played 35 minutes. Here it is. And Messi!
because of course that's how he announced his entrance to this league and then going down the line in this tournament the league's cup scoring in and i believe every game goals or whatever he's top five all time in inter miami goals already and he has not yet played a league game miami had i think something like a million or less than a million uh social media followers on instagram before messi signed and within 24 hours they were the most followed um american professional sports team i believe wow and just like for people who don't know anything about his game or like why he matters so much what would you say uh, to someone like who just beamed down from, you know, like Venus <laughs> and was like, what's the deal with this guy? Why is everyone so hyped about him? What would you say to that person? Lionel Messi is the greatest player of all time. He is the favorite to win the Ballon d'Or, which is like the MVP for, across all soccer leagues in the world for the calendar year. Eight months ago, he won the World Cup and was named the best player. He won the biggest tournament there is to win in soccer and was named the very best player in the world at that tournament. And that's the moment for Argentina, but for Lionel Messi. A moment that cements his legacy as the greatest of all time. And a moment that will be in memory for not just him, but for Argentina and millions and billions around the world. How big a deal was that for him? He spoke about this as well, that it just kind of took a weight off his shoulders. That was the only trophy that was eluding him. I achieved everything with the national team as I always dreamed of. I achieved everything in my career at Barcelona on a personal level, too. Winning the World Cup was closing my career in a unique way. He won everything as a player for Barcelona. He won every individual award you could imagine. He won the biggest title there is to win for a soccer player. Every single event he has ever played in, except for the French Cup, he has won. It is insane. He's a serial winner. And the World Cup was just the cherry on top to enshrine him as the greatest of all time. How do you go from being enshrined as the GOAT to joining a team in Miami in a league that isn't known for, you know, sporting a lot of stars? You want to enjoy your soccer. You want to move on in your career. This is what I was looking for when I made the decision with my family. To enjoy it once more, as I've done my whole career after two difficult years. The truth is, we had it rough. And he spoke about when he left Barcelona, he didn't want to leave. Yes, that is the truth, that I was excited about the prospect of returning to Barcelona. That club was forced to lose him because of how terribly mismanaged their finances were. And the only realistic option was to go to PSG in France. He wasn't ready to leave. He didn't want to leave. And he spoke about that. But on the other hand, after seeing what I experienced, after leaving the club, I didn't want to be in the same position again, waiting for what would happen and leaving my future in other people's hands. This was a decision that he's made over a long course of time. He's wanted to come to Miami. He wanted to be part of this league and move the league forward and be part and have this lifestyle and have this kind of chapter at the end of his career. And that was something that 
he thought about it's something he wanted. This this was this was not a snap decision. It's been in the works for a very long time. So he's at peace. He's happy. But as luck would have it, we're in a place where we're happy, not just because of the results on the pitch, but because of the everyday life with my wife, with my kids, our lifestyle, and the way we spend our time. Truth is, we're enjoying this moment very much. It was striking to me the the quotes that he's had and what a World Cup title really has done to both his psyche, to the way that he presents himself, speaks to people. He's he, he's visibly lighter with this kind of pressure off of his shoulders, this this one trophy that he had been chasing forever. So I, I think that, that this is part of his victory lap and, and he's earned it. It seems like there's a lot of like innuendo allegations around the details of of his final deal with Inter Miami. What do we know for sure? We know that this is a unique one of one deal for a one of one player. So Inter Miami are paying him um, between thirty and fifty million, I believe, and those figures will become public at some point. The Major League Soccer Players Association releases them for every single player. I'm rich. The rest of this deal, where MLS could even kind of compete with Saudi money. And let's be clear, they couldn't completely compete. The last offer that Messi turned down to go play in the Saudi Arabian Professional Football Soccer League was a three-year $1.6 billion contract. $1.6 billion. That's billion with a B. More than a billion dollars. More than a billion dollars. It's it's incomprehensible amounts of money that, that he turned down to come to Miami because he preferred the lifestyle and wanted to be here. But the way that they could at least help make him whole a little bit here is he can buy a stake of the Inter-Miami franchise, so he'll become a minority owner when he retires. Adidas, his longtime sponsor, is a sponsor of Major League Soccer. He's going to get royalties from shirt sales and, and, and licensing shipped. The details of the specific details there, I don't believe are public, but Adidas is helping. Did you know that Lionel Messi's Inter-Miami jersey is completely sold out? Adidas have stated that they cannot keep up with the overwhelming demand with orders far surpassing their production capabilities. Apple TV is also helping. They are giving Messi a cut of all new subscribers to MLS season pass, the broadcasting for the league. So it's a unique opportunity. And it's, you know, I've had fans of other teams that complain, why can't Apple TV offered this to somebody for Orlando. Why did they do this for Miami? And the obvious answer is this is a one-of-one player. There are no other deals like for Lionel Messi because there are no other Lionel Messis. Tell us about this team he's joining. What state were they in before he joined and how quickly did their fortunes change after he joined? Inter-Miami were the worst team in the league before Lionel Messi joined. They had a transfer ban that handcuffed them a little bit in their roster building. Another part is they had some injuries. And a third part is they were holding significant roster resources open, hoping and planning that Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets were going to join this summer. And they did. Hmm. And then they wanted to have maximum flexibility to add to the roster as they saw fit. They ended up undergoing a coaching change right before Messi came. The new coach came in. They signed Messi. They signed Busquets. They signed their former Barcelona teammate, Jordi Alba. So if you're counting at home, that's the best player of all time possibly the best defensive midfielder of all time, and possibly the best left back of all time, all joined this team midseason. And yeah, they went from the worst in the league to winning the first tournament that these players played at and doing so in, in dominating styles at time um, and then getting by with that that kind of experience and quality that you know only some of these players really have. Someone from Philadelphia, you've got to stop Lionel Messi from 30 yards in. All he needs is a game. 
And what's the impact on the league? How is Messi's presence affecting the league as a whole? There's a whole lot more eyeballs on it. And the league is not going to be able to turn every single set of those eyeballs into lifelong fans. That's unrealistic. But even if they turn 10%, 20% of the people who are only tuning in, only paying attention because of Lionel Messi, if they turn them into uh, full-time fans, the long-term fans, this is beyond a success. Messi has played two road games so far in Dallas and in Nashville. Tickets are out of control, and all the tickets that he's going to in the future are, are absolutely out of control. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars when he comes to Red Bull Arena to play the New York Red Bulls. When he goes to Chicago Fire, millions of dollars in revenue for these clubs. Outside of the like direct monetary value that he's going to bring to the rest of the league in terms of club values and, and ticket prices and merchandise and all that stuff, he's also going to help drive the conversation to loosen roster and spending restrictions in this league. MLS is unique to global soccer and having not just a salary cap, but a very kind of strict set of rules and rules that are kind of always changing and difficult to follow along with. Messi has helped reignite the debate as to whether they should be loosening the restrictions, whether the training rules should go off, whether they should start throwing money like this at, you know, there is no other Messi, but hey, there's a whole lot of other really good stars in the world that maybe maybe teams see that, oh, it is worth it if we spend $20 million on a player or $10 million or whatever it is. So I'm very curious to see his lasting legacy. David Beckham's lasting legacy for me was that he helped push the infrastructure forward. He accelerated that progress a great deal. The hotels teams were staying at before Beckham got here were a joke. The meals they had, the the playing surfaces, training facilities, stadiums, all this have been built, maybe not 100% directly because of David Beckham, but he helped accelerate that evolution. So that's his legacy to get the, the league to the point in talent and, and infrastructure that it was ready for Messi. And now Messi has a chance to make his legacy that the quality of this league can finally really take off and, and fan interest can, can come with it. And is he going to win the MLS Cup on the way? He's got to get there first. And I, that's my favorite storyline for the rest of the season. Inter-Miami are 14 points below the playoff line with 12 games left. Every single game is going to be like a final. They have to win probably nine, maybe eight, depending on other results. But there is going to be no game that's like, oh, yeah, you could just rest him here. Or, oh, like, this doesn't matter. Who cares? Like, every single game is going to have stakes from, again, from his debut a month ago in, in a knockout tournament through whenever his season ends. And I, I, that's that's it's must-watch TV, man. Just plain and simple. Well, you know what the Argentinians are known for, right, Tom? What are they known for? Stakes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Tom Bogert is a staff writer at The Athletic. Find his stuff at theathletic.com. Finally turning soccer into football in a minute on Today Explained. Support for the show today comes from Quince. It's a time of year where the weather is changing. Maybe your wardrobe is too. It's time to put away the winter clothes and pull out the summer clothes. But maybe you pull out your summer clothes and you're like, wait, I hate all these clothes. Well, Quince wants to offer you a chance to hit F5. You know what I'm saying? A little refresh. Is that still what F5 does? Back in my day, that's what F5 does. Claire White. My colleague here at Vox has tried Quince. I would say the clothes feel super timeless. A lot of their silhouettes are 
classic and stay in style for a really long time. I would categorize Quince as a very timeless, approachable brand. You can hit F5 and upgrade your wardrobe this spring by going to quince.com slash explain for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash explained to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash explained. Support for Today Explained comes from Ramp. This ad goes out to all the finance professionals looking for love. I'm just kidding. Looking for a better way to simplify business finance across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting. And to all the accountants tired of the same old finance software, Ramp may be the answer you've been looking for. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. So what does that mean? Well, according to Ramp, they give finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions, automate expense reporting so you don't waste time. Ramp says its accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so that you don't have to. That could put an end to chasing down receipts and to your employees spending hours submitting expense reports. And now you can get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash explained, ramp.com slash explained, ramp.com slash explained. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank. Members FDIC. Terms and conditions do apply. Bueno, Leo, quedaste un poco, un, un poco caliente por el final. ¿Qué mira, Bobo? ¿Qué mira, Bobo? Anda, anda para allá, Bobo. Anda para allá. Tranquilo, tranquilo, Leo. Today Explained is back, and we're joined by Roger Bennett, founder of the Men in Blazers Media Empire. Roger, how long has the United States been on this journey to realize this dream of, of footy maybe being half as popular here as it is abroad? I think you have to go back to the Boston Tea Party, that rejection uh, of all things uh, European. I think you can make that case. Yeah, I think you could say there's a, there's a moment, 1930, the very first World Cup. The United States men got into the semi-finals. We don't talk about that achievement enough. We do have a rich and remarkable football history that flows in our blood. But the game of football never really developed collegiate roots which has been critical for all serious American sports. And during the Great Depression, it was an immigrant sport played out with you know, Greek teams in, uh, playing against Italian-rooted teams, playing against you know, Jewish-rooted teams, German-rooted teams. Um, and during the Great Depression, those leagues just folded. And so the history of football in this nation has always been there, but it's been one of booms and busts of false dawns, great prophecies, everyone remembers. Pele coming to these shores in the 1970s and it felt like soccer was like a frisbee or a pogo stick or a yo-yo just the great fads sweeping the nation the roots were never deep enough a women's team you know one back-to-back world cup has often been just a delirious dream team but the, on the men's side the side you know of which we've always dreamed of becoming world champions we've often been far away um, 1994, the World Cup was meant to put the sport over the top. Instead, its growth has been slow and steady um, and remarkable. Really, soccer, the perfect sport for the internet age in the same way as the NFL bloomed in the golden age of television and baseball in the golden age of radio before that. Um, so it's been, it's, all I can say, it's been a bloody long time. 
You know, you mentioned Pele briefly, and of course, Beckham showed up in the United States too at some point. Yes. Has this strategy of, of building American football around a star been the wrong approach? Or, or does Messi's popularity and, and, and sort of game-changing arrival signify that it was the right approach, but maybe it needed to happen at the right time? Yeah, I wasn't here for Pele, so it's hard for me. I didn't witness it firsthand. I was for David Beckham. It was remarkable. Flash bombs everywhere because the Beckham era has begun at last. But these things just take time. You know, we're not just competing against the NFL and the NBA for bandwidth, but you know, Americans love the best. They love the best. It's what they do. They love the dream team. They love Charles Barkley leaping up to dunk on a hapless Angolan opponent in the Olympics. Elbowing him in the side of the head as he dunks when the US are already 50 points up. That's what we love. Barkley, a little contact after he makes the layup on the way back, down the floor, just a little elbow to send the message here. We love the best. We love <laughs> biblical smitings and the best happens to take place in England, in the Premier League, in the Champions League uh, on the men's side, in other nations. And it's it's hard for us to realise that at this point in time, MLS is not the best. So what I'd say is all of it, it a star can do nothing on their own that's permanent, but the context is what's changed. The internet has connected Americans to... You know, Liverpool to Arsenal, they can follow along every single injury, every single rumour um, as closely as if they're at the same zip code as fans who live and die by that team. The streaming, there's more football available to watch live in the United States now than if I lived in England. So all of these things play their part. There is that deep convergence now and it's, it's truly robust. It's magical. It's not a fad. Um, a messy coming is possibly the crown jewel, the most radiant light, the most powerful spotlight that the game could cast upon itself. And watching it these past couple of weeks has been, it's honestly, it's been something that I have to pinch myself as I watch Messi on our shores, humiliating our defenders. <laughs> I have to just pinch myself and say, oh my God, it really is real and it's magnificent. It sounds like you might buy into an argument that I see being made a lot online in, in group chats with my friends, which is that Messi's arrival to the United States is actually just embarrassing because it shows you how inferior the rest of MLS is. Do you feel that way? I, I think that argument is slightly bollocks, if I'm allowed to say that on your beautiful podcast. Um, you know, Lionel Messi, yes, is embarrassing MLS defenders with his play. Um, Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi is the greatest player of his generation. He's embarrassed defenders everywhere he goes. In Paris, Paris Saint-Germain, <laughs> he humiliated defenders at will. When Lionel Messi hit the, the goal record for an individual, Budweiser did an incredible campaign where they sent the goal number that Messi scored on the front of a beer can to the goalkeepers who had conceded that goal. <laughs> Some of them got crates of beer. Some of them played Messi a lot and conceded goals to him a lot. And all of them posted on their Instagram these cans with pride. They weren't humiliated. They were honoured to be humiliated by Lionel Messi. And I'd almost look at it that way. And the most remarkable thing about it is that Lionel Messi is now embarrassing people 
on our shores. Lionel Messi is now Florida man. That I can't get over. That's genuinely, <laughs> that's the most remarkable part of all of this for me. There's so much joy over his arrival in Miami. You can feel it online. You can feel it in the United States. I did some traveling this summer and I'm seeing Messi inter Miami jerseys in, in Europe. People are actually wearing American football jerseys yeah. in Western Europe. Is there anyone who isn't excited about this news or is everyone just stoked? I imagine there's one person who's probably hating every single second of it and it's Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Who I imagine is like hate-eating an extra almond and then doing a hundred angry chin-ups in a very tight pair of underpants while being fanned with a large feather by an assistant who's quaking in fear, wondering when this temper tantrum will go away. It will never go away. Because Lionel Messi, this is the most remarkable thing. The goals are unbelievable. What is it? As we speak, 10 goals in seven games. Yes, some of the goals are embarrassing defenders, embarrassing goalkeepers. Joseph Martinez, Santos, Messi! Some of the goals are unbelievable. There was a goal at the weekend. He was playing Nashville. Five Nashville defenders tried to shut him down. <laughs> I saw it. Incredible. They could not have been closer to him if they were like genuine, if, if he was wearing them as clothing. <laughs> and somehow he was able to find a crevice of space and work out. Honestly, genuinely, Oppenheimer would not have been able to do this calculation in physics as quickly as Lionel Messi did to work out the exact angle, trajectory, wind speed, and fire the ball right into the corner. It was delicious. So some of the goals are utterly transcendent. But the thing that I love most of all, Sean, is how much Lionel Messi is clearly loving all of this. This is a man who is a god that walks amongst us. We've seen footage of him walking around Argentina, surrounded by thousands of people mobbing it immediately. He's like public property. People feel they can grab him, they can kiss him, they can just violate the poor man. To watch football is to understand humanity, to understand how humans propel themselves, motivate themselves, experience glory, experience failure, uh, humiliation, tenacity, perseverance, collective uh, empathy. All of these things are playing out in the greatest telenovela that's playing out live before your eyes. What can be better than that, Sean? Roger Bennett, he's got podcasts, search for men in blazers. He's also got a weekly show on YouTube all about Lionel called This Week in the Messiverse. Hadi Mawagdi produced, Amina Al-Sadi edited, Serena Solon fact-checked, and Christian Ayala mixed this episode of Today Explained.